Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God. So Merry Christmas Eve. Um, I love um, tonight, and I love uh, Christmas Eve candlelight service because to me it's one of those moments, it's a way we create space where, you know, that phrase where heaven meets earth, really believe um, there are some moments that heaven really meets earth. And so I believe that tonight is one of those moments as we remember and enter into this nativity story and imagine what it was like for these Israelites who had been longing and longing and longing for a savior, who had endured darkness and pain and slavery and oppression and evil, how they were longing for the redeemer, right? They were in darkness. Tonight, we're gonna read that passage from Isaiah 9 that says, um, those who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. And this passage has been sort of resounding in my head throughout Advent. Um, and I just, and the visual of that, right? Imagine like this dark and the light breaking in. And that's what happened for them. The light, it's like imagining pitch black and that sun begins to creep up, right? And how it just reaches its fingers over everything. Right? They were sitting in desperation before the light broke through. John once says that the light shone in the darkness, but the darkness did not comprehend it. We now reside in the now and the not yet, in that we know that the light has broken in, but it has not been fully realized. We are still waiting and longing for full redemption, for full restoration. We long for Jesus' return when all things will be made new, when the light will shine in the darkness and there will be no more darkness. So maybe you come in here tonight with your own darkness. Maybe it's a darkness you've experienced through loss, sickness, circumstances. Maybe the evil and the brokenness of this world has touched you in a really deep way. Maybe the darkness comes from your own choices that you've been walking in darkness because you don't know how to step into the light. 
tonight, we are inviting Emmanuel to break in again to our darkness. So tonight, we want you to experience Emmanuel with all of your senses, with your sight, with your hearing, with your smell. Enter into this story and again, let Emmanuel break into your darkness. I'm going to be reading from Isaiah 9, 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So today on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, sorry, not there yet, we're gonna usher in the Christmas season by lighting all of our Advent candles. So we light a candle for hope, We light a candle in peace. We light a candle in love. And the pink candle we light in joy. And today we light the white candle, which represents the purity of Christ. And we say, light of life into our darkness, come. If you guys will please read with me screen. Let's pray together. God of glory, your splendor shines from a manger in Bethlehem, where the light of the world is humbly born into the darkness of human night. Open our eyes to Christ's presence in the shadows of our world so that we, like him, may become beacons of your justice and defenders of all for whom there is no room. Amen. So a couple things um, for Christmas time. I love this this time. I think all of us love this time. One of the things we've been doing at our house recently is at dinner. I have this question book that we have that we just open up, and there's a thousand and one questions. Raise your hand if I've ever played this game with you before. I annoy a lot of people with this game. So you just pick a question, you answer it, and the question that came up this past week, our whole family had to answer it, and it was, if you knew whatever you asked, Jesus would answer what would it be? And we went around the table and we let the kids answer. Do you remember what you said, Lathy? I'm not going to share it because that would not be good because it was too beautiful to ruin in this moment. But it made me start to think, what if you really knew exactly what you wanted? If you were to formalize one question, what would that be? If, if right now, Jesus is present with us, we know that. But if right now you knew 
that you could ask anything and Jesus would answer it. I'm not asking you to tell me right now, but what would that be? It made me start to really think. Then it made me start to think, we, we kind of believe that Jesus is present enough to answer. Then I started to think about the times we don't have prayers answered and how rarely we pray rightly, right? Like how many times the best things in our life come with nothing of us inside of them, with none of our yearnings. Actually, some of the best things are when ours aren't answered, and he gives us something else. And I started to think about, what if Jesus wanted to give you the best thing that he could give you? Could you even imagine it? And when you start to talk about Christmas in this story, this is what happens. This is the story of baby Jesus coming and people being like, what is happening? It's the story of our world asking for the perfect gift, looking for a warrior, and our God providing a baby. It's a huge blunder on his part from our eyes. I know you heard me pray this, God, but this is not what we were thinking, a baby and a manger. And so as we read this story, I'm not going to stay up here long, but I just want you guys to be present in this season to not be present in consumerism and materialism, and I think it's okay to buy each other gifts, but to be present in this treasuring of Jesus, to be present in why we're doing this, and your family in this setting, when you get home tonight, all our families are going to want to open a gift. We're going to open pajamas. Who else is opening pajamas? We need some more clever traditions. You all have your traditions, but to not treasure the very most important thing. That would be a great blunder on our part, right? So as I read this to you, I'm going to pray for you. If you could just close your eyes. Father, there are times when we need fresh eyes to see what is happening. This is a common story to us. We've heard it thousands of times, but it is the most alive story that's ever been told that we get to choose to be present in tonight, as we put on pajamas, as we open a gift, as we watch Scrooge or It's a Wonderful Life or Elf or Christmas Vacation, as we do these things that we would be present to know that baby Jesus is to be cared for and that we would care for you as if you were a child over these next few hours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm going to read to you Luke 2, 1 through 14. Bill, if you could pull that up. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all who went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in a swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. Just a pause right here. I guarantee you there's a church out there doing a series called Manger Things right now. I'm just throwing that out there. There is definitely that happening, okay? All right, guys, come on. Back to the story. Because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. Close your eyes and picture shepherds in a field. Okay. 
keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, it's a huge shift right here, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude. The word is actually from the word plethora, which is the word plethora. Okay, Multitude of heavenly hosts praying, praising God and saying, see, they're saying this, they're not singing this. This is literally, this is important actually. We, we know that they're praising God, but they're actually saying this. They're not singing this. They're all saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Maybe millions. Maybe millions of angels. Okay, go on. That's it. Sorry. So, a couple important things to note. It's been 500 years since anybody's seen an angel. And you'll know if you're seeing a true angel biblically if you're horrified and then the angel tells you to not be afraid because that's what happens every time an angel shows up. People, some people pass out on, on the spot. Turn white as a ghost, hit the floor. When they wake, the angel says, listen, don't be afraid. It's just like, it's kind of funny, actually. Everybody does it, so why do they say it? Just This happens. It's been 500 years. Classically in Scripture, when angels speak, it's a loud sound. So it's not like, try not to be afraid, we're all angels. It's this loud um, Charlton Heston, I don't know if there's a better one, uh, deep, but it's penetrating, it's piercing, it's probably still horrifying, but don't be afraid. We bring good news of the Messiah, which you've all been waiting for. And the interesting thing about this is these shepherds particularly were in charge of a couple things in a local area that if there was someone who was trying to present an animal for sacrifice, they actually raise these kind of animals and also certify these animals for classic sacrifices. So if you were going into town to a feast, you would stop in and see it. It's a tower, and they lived there, and they were, they were always there. You would stop in, and you would present your hand, this is my sacrifice, and they would view the sacrifice, and they would say, this, this sacrifice is disgusting. If you would note that there are some things on this sacrifice that you probably need to take it back and then come back. Or they would say, this is a beautiful sacrifice. This one is well. Good job. This one can go. So their whole job is to, and then they even actually raise these to send into the temples. These are the guys that an angel shows up to to say, tonight a Messiah is here, and you'll find him in cloths, in a manger. They're already speaking their language. In a manger. This is what they did up to this point. I don't think that they made the connection, but they actually will go and visit and view the actual sacrifice. The same guys, right? Just of note, these guys, you know, we know the passage of Scripture in John 10 where it says, I am the door and I am also the good shepherd. And we, sometimes theologians will say, well, that's kind of a contradiction. I'm the door, I'm the good shepherd, all within the same breath in John 10. But classically, these guys at night would find a cave or a hole large enough to put all of them in, and they would sit in the opening and make sure that nothing comes through. They are the door. They are the good shepherd, right? So Jesus becomes this 
for us, right? It's not a contradiction. Jesus is the door. He's the good shepherd. Messiah is here, the sacrificial lamb. I want to do this with you because I feel like it'll be creepy, but I feel like it'll be important. Could you bring up the part that the angels said? The host of angels said this. We're all going to say this together. Now, I know that you're all sweet. You're all from the south. So you're sweet right up front, but then right under that, there's some bite and some kick. You know what I'm saying? Like, my wife is from New York, and they're, like, mean up front. But behind that, they're actually extremely faithful, loyal, loving, and kind. Whereas in, as in the south, like, everybody's sweet and kind, and then you get behind it, and they're like, Shah! right? You know what I'm talking about. Everybody waves. My family's from Jasper. Whenever you pass somebody, there's this classic two-finger wave you do. I don't know what that means, but everybody does it. You just do this when you wave. You don't do that in New York. People are like, what did you say? I was just doing that. So I want to do this, and I want you to do it with bass voice, not with kind voice, as if you're an angel, because we know when angels speak, they speak loudly, and you can hear them so much so that it's horrifying. I don't want to be horrifying, but let's do it together, okay? On the count of three, let's just do a practice. Just, we're just going to do the word glory on the count of three. One, two, three. Glory. glory. That's pretty good. It's actually not. That's too good. Let's do it. Let's do it anyway. One, two, three. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. One more time louder. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. We botched it, but imagine a million times more beings saying it much more loudly to actual Jesus coming. This is the actual story of the God. And the reason there's so much energy put on this was because Jesus would become the sacrificial lamb. Jesus would become our perfect gift. Right, so we're watching Scrooge last night, and I think it's the best version. It's the 1971 that has weird, incredibly scary demons in it. And it is, but it is so good. It has the song in it, Thank You Very Much. Thank you very much. That's the nicest thing that anyone's ever done for me. Nobody? So, there's a part in that where my, my daughter sees that Ebenezer Scrooge is finding out his chain is huge, right? And, and they both asked me, why is, why, what is the chain? What does it represent? And one was like, well, that's how many people they treated poorly or how selfish they were. And my son was like, well, how many, how many people do you have to treat badly to get one link? And I was like, well, ten people, of course. And he was like, okay, that's good. I made all that up, by the way. <laughs> so, I started to get this picture, like, building this chain and then you start to see him become nice in the streets and start to sing and start to give people turkeys and goose or whatever it was. And you start to sense that the chain is dissipating, right? It doesn't explain that, but the chain is gone. Not because of good works, which is where Scrooge misses it, but with Jesus, like our ultimate sacrifice, the chain that we're carrying around, that all of us have to bear before Jesus, is completely destroyed. Every part of it. This is good news. That everything that we've ever carried with us that has harmed us, hurt us, is in the presence of Jesus, redeemed and restored. That's the Savior we have. It's not you destroying the chain. It's Jesus destroying the chain through the gospel, which is 33 years from this point. All they have at this point is beholding a baby. So this is the, the great celebration of this passage and the great sadness of this passage. They understand what's happening. They go find the baby. They see the baby. It's just like the angel said. So they're like, this is, this is ridiculously awesome, guys. 
This is just like what they said. This is happening. And then they go and tell people in 15 through 20, and they start walking around, and people are enamored by it. People start to marvel at it, but no one goes to see the baby. People are impressed deeply by this finding, that this person is born, just like they said, it's big news. It's, it's crazy. That's prophecy, right? That's an angel. That's all that stuff. It happened. People hear it, and they're like, that is incredible. That's awesome. When you get back tomorrow, tell me more about that. But Mary treasured up all this in her heart, and the shepherds glorified. The greatest, the greatest sadness in Christmas to me would be that we don't treasure up Jesus in our hearts, and we treasure the wrong things. That we're enamored by the story. We're all here, right? There's something good about the story. We don't treasure Jesus. Jesus came to be the redemption of all things. When Jesus enters a life, a picture, a city, it is to restore everything and to change everything. In your life, the Jesus that came that we celebrate on Easter and today, it doesn't matter if he's not been the God that changed everything for you. If you're just impressed this Christmas, it didn't work. But if you treasure it so deeply in your heart that when you think of Jesus, joy comes to the surface because he's that good. He is the good shepherd in your life that you passed through and he tends to you and he leads you and he's restored you. If it's just a prophet that did some crazy things that we read stories about and Advent books about, if it's just something that someone prophesied to you about, If it's just a cool, awesome story, a baby becomes a king. He doesn't want to fight. He wants to bring peace. That's beautiful. But if it's not been internalized so much so that it overwhelms every part of you in such a good way that you have to give it all. You haven't treasured Jesus like Mary. That's the point of our Christmas, that we would be that. I want to model that for you, and I want your families to to be that for your families, for your kids. And our kids, we have to fight consumerism when we're funneling through our 52 packages we have under our tree right now, right? Think about the people around you, right? Like, this is not meant to make you feel bad. We have it so made. We have Jesus so easily, but it's so hard to see him sometimes because we have so many other comforts. Step back from all of that. Don't miss and not treasure the most important things while treasuring things that he's not asking you to. He is present with us. He is God with us. He is Emmanuel. He came in a baby, and I love that he did that because we had to take care of him. Take care of him at Christmas. Make sure to tend to him. Spend time with him. Be silent with him. The power of Christmas is a life completely changed. And we give gifts, and I love giving gifts. That's one of my love languages is to receive them. So, (laughs) I mean, it's there. It's real. But the reason it's so good is because someone is making me pay nothing and giving me something out of appreciation. It's as if the world ached for the perfect gift and asked for what they wanted. And Jesus came as the perfect gift, is exactly what they need. And because of the perfect gift, we give gifts. Does that make sense? And the reason it's beautiful is because he did that for us. It's so good. Don't don't not treasure that, right? Slow down enough to read the story tonight to your family. Continue the legacy. Don't just do pajama Christmas. Do Jesus pajama Christmas, right? Let's restore this, reclaim this. Let's let our families know Jesus is a loving father that's with us. He came as a baby and he's with us now. We're going to take care of him tonight. So, Father, 
we're going to transition in this service, but man, see, this is what he, we know what we want, but we rarely know what we want. We, I'll be honest with you. You don't know what you want, any of you. You don't know what you need. You're incapable of that. You wouldn't receive what he would send because it would be so transformative we would have never thought of it. So for this Christmas, as Jesus Emmanuel in your life that comes and inserts himself in front of you and then kneels before you and washes your feet and then dies before you and says, this is for you, come follow me. This is the Jesus that would have the perfect gift for you that you wouldn't understand even how to ask for. So just close your eyes for a moment. And Jesus walks into your mind's eye and he has a gift for you because he loves you. And this gift is perfect for you. And all of a sudden in your mind's eye, you see brilliant light because the glory of the Lord also is accompanied by light. And this light illuminates everything, but it's from him. And Jesus is with you to give you the gift. And so Jesus, we receive the gifts that you have for us that sometimes look like giving away everything. We receive the gifts that transform the deepest part of our hearts, God, at Christmas. And as we go to family-invited things and parties with people who are most assuredly annoying and hard to be around, it's not that we become fake and pretend like we're happy, but it is that we pray in those moments, how do I become the gift that you were for me? So let us receive it and let us give that. A full gospel, God. Let us treasure every part of it. If you would all stand with me to your feet. Sarah's going to come up. So the light has break, broken into the darkness. And because of that, we can have immense joy, right? When the light breaks forth, we feel this transition from the heaviness from the dark into glorious light. I'm going to read this psalm to you, Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. You guys say that. Yes. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. So let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. For he comes. For he comes to judge the earth. 
He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Father, we, we're so humble, God. You make everything new. Thank you that you provide meaning and worth without us working for it. Let us treasure you, Jesus. You're so worth everything. Help us to not be a fake people, but a joyful people. Thank you for the beauty that is this body. Thank you for what you created. Thank you for allowing us to be in your plan of redemption and being people who redeem and love well and hug well and prophesy into dry bones well and be with well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm extremely thankful for all of you. I'm thankful that I, I'm, I'm thankful that I could be a part of this body. And I'm thankful that this is like a family. And I feel like church should be like a family. So thank you very much. I love you guys. Let's read Titus 2, 11 through 14 together, okay? On the count of three. One, two, three. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-control, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness, to purify for himself Jesus, thank you, Jesus. I pray a blessing over every person and every family in your name. Amen. Love you all. Hug somebody deeply before you leave. Love somebody well. Love you guys. Merry Christmas. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.